Hi, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Semilana. In this week's discussion, I want to talk about education. But education in not the classic dry way by saying it's important, but in two very specific areas where Ruth Hirsch takes a radical step. It's the type of thing that you would assume is radical when you hear someone say it, but on reflection, it's kind of obvious. The first subject is going to be that of the environment, both that you bring up your children and also the one that you expose yourself to. And the second one is going to be towards the attitude to knowledge itself. Now, like most ideas that we discuss in this podcast, that sounds a bit abstract, but let's like ground it. In last week's parsha, there is a discussion of how Avram Avinu, the father of the Jewish people, was moving around. And Rav Hirsch uses this as an opportunity to teach a key principle in how we bring up our children. In brief, just to once again invest ourselves in the narrative, Avram is the leader of this mission. He is the father of this people that will develop. And this is his only son who will continue this legacy. And he is now moving. So the natural direction you would expect him to move is into isolation, somewhere away from influences, which is basically where he's been. He's been in the Negev, he's been in the desert, and the Pesukim described the way he moved as, and he journeyed to the south. But then it adds a component, Vayogar Bgurar, and he sojourned, which means he moved temporarily, to Gar. Now, that was a capital city, that was the capital city of the Philistines. Why is it adding that there? So we know he isolated, he went to the desert, which is something you would religiously expect once again, but he sojourned to the capital. So we have our classic religious paradigm cracked. Why is he going towards the city? Shouldn't he stay in isolation to keep the purity of his son, the purity of his son's mind, away from outside influences? We understand the desert, but why go into the city? This is where Rav Hirsch warns us of a dangerous educational error that often parents and educators tend towards. There's this idea that if I have a worldview, I'm Jewish, I believe in God, I believe in these principles of Judaism, and I want my children to be brought up in this way as well, so I'll isolate them. I won't let them read other books, I won't let them experience other cultures or other worldviews, and thereby my child will remain protected and pristine. This, Rav Hirsch tells us, is wrong on two fronts. First of all, from the point of view of utility, but also on a more profound level about what the mission of the Jewish people is. But let me address the first one. Even people who don't necessarily see the world through the lenses of Rav Hirsch, he's also speaking to you. You think that by holding your child back, by not letting your child read, see, experience the outside world, they will be protected. Rav Hirsch explains that that if you never let your child see or experience the outside world, never let him read, never let him see people who look at the world differently than he does, on one side, he will never learn to value the principles that you're giving over, the values that you're giving over, and the first contact with the outside world, which is inevitable. The attraction therein could be overpowering. The metaphor he gives is a person who hides from the cold until one day he is forced to face the cold and he gets ill. It's very simple in terms of how we approach the world. Judaism is a set of ideas, the most noble, the most profound, but I wouldn't appreciate them if I didn't know anything else. If you never learn the moral contrast to Judaism, to the outside world, your first contact with the outside world, where you experience people who look at the world differently, and in the age of the internet, this is only amplified, you see people who are intelligent, you see people who are respectful, who are rational, who are spiritual, 
and they hold very different views than you do. And at an age where you first come into contact with these, you haven't learned to build up an appreciation of your own worldview? The temptation could be overpowering. The metaphor of Hirsch uses is like that of a cold, a person who hides from the cold all day and all night throughout the seasons, and one day is forced to face the cold, they get ill because they succumb to it. You don't build up any resilience. You can't stand because you don't know what you're giving up. Judaism is a set of ideas. A set of ideas that, as I said, are the most profound, the most noble, the most true. But I appreciate them because I know what else is on the table. We don't have certainty. No one here has experienced God firsthand. We all can do our best. But to build up an appreciation to what I have only came about because I knew what was being opposed. I understand Christianity. I understand Buddhist perspectives of the world, non-dualistic traditions, secularism, materialism, non-reductive materialism. I appreciate, but I still hold my views to be better ideas, because that's what I can do. I don't hold my worldview by default. Putting it into a question, you're Jewish because you don't know anything else. And the first step into the outside world, how strong are your convictions? And are your convictions down to blindness, or are they down to knowledge? This is what Rav Hirsch is calling upon us in this description of how Avram travelled and exposed his son to the outside world. But there's a caveat here. This isn't a, everyone should just completely immerse themselves with views that oppose their parents. Obviously not. At different ages, at different stages in life, there's a gradient, obviously. It's not a all or nothing. And Rav Hirsch points this out, that... Avram went to Grar, the Philistines. Okay, but once again, like so many other ideas, what else was on the table? Canaanites. Now, the Canaanites, with their approach to life, was far darker, was far more morally corrupt, filled with human sacrifice and idolatry to a place where the Philistines weren't. So Avram didn't just expose his son to the complete extremes. There were gradients. Education is not about being extreme. But that's why Rav Hirsch points out that he had an option. He chose the lesser of two evils, but he still thought that it was a necessary evil. It was a necessary step to take for his child to appreciate the Jewish worldview. But the opposing point is also worth mentioning. The isolation does give rise to the principle that he had a solid foundation in which he was working from. This is a call out to the Jewish home. It was a foundation that he had the confidence that he could then venture out. Both sides of the equation are necessary. You can't have just exposure without foundation, or just foundation and no exposure. So we have our first point, almost a point of utility. And just to give a story or a way of, I don't know, connecting it to our lives, our lived experience, if you will, is that I was lucky enough to have a father who brought me up in an open home, where he instilled in me and my brothers Jewish principles and Jewish ideas but once again, the options of discussion and examples and counterexamples and other cultures were discussed openly, which gave me a resilience and a pride in my Judaism. Now to our second point. As I said, more of a point in principle. Rapersh didn't only look at this as a point of, as I said, utility. Oh, this is a good idea. No, this was an essential part of what it meant to be a Jew. 
Rav Hirsch's approach to the emancipation in the late 18th century, where the Jews were sort of released from certain constraints across Europe, and they were able to enter society, there were two approaches. One approach was that we're now in touch with the secular world. This secular world that has been developing since the Enlightenment, we're being confronted with that. At which point, they closed off. They wanted to retain the ghetto mentality. What is bad? Keep away. What is Jewish? Let's keep close. If I have to enter into the outside world to get a job, okay, but only as much as I have to in which to achieve the utility the education gives me to get a job, to get me this or that. Rav Hirsch's approach was radically different. He looked at the emancipation of the Jewish people as a living out of our mission. We can now truly exhibit that principle of being a beacon to the world. We can exhibit the moral principles Judaism has to offer, the mission that Judaism is giving to the world in its full capacity. And emancipation has dangers, but it also has massive rewards, but rewards on principle that could not be achieved without it. All of humanity are in this world to accomplish something. The Jewish people have their unique goal, and that can only be achieved when we are on display to the outside world, where that responsibility has the ability to be lived out. And to sort of trace this back to the actual education, but what about the outside world? What about university? What about the secular world? What dangers does it hold? The answer is yes, of course it does. But back to our first point, it forces you to develop your religion. It forces you to develop your religious principles. So to sum up our two points, we spoke about the idea of education from really a utilitarian point of view, to hold on to your child, expose him to other ideas. And if your ideas are better, they will win. And that is the job of a good educator. A good Jewish educator has the ability to express Jewish principles in the language of the time. And our second point, not only utility, but also on principle. The Jewish people are meant to be in the outside world. We are meant to speak in the language of the outside world because we have a mission. And just really end off about knowledge itself. I mentioned that the two approaches to ghetto or the opening up of the ghetto, one was to close back up, and the other, Rav Hirsch's view, felt that this was an ability for the Jewish people to really live out their mission. The connection to secular studies from the viewpoint of one was whatever we need, we take to make money. Rav Hirsch was opposed to this worldview. Don't look at knowledge, he wrote. Don't look at knowledge and education as merely a means to an end. When you're studying knowledge, secular knowledge, when you're studying the knowledge of the world, you should be studying it for the joy of becoming more knowledgeable, for being the type of person who is knowing more about the world. People who say that I'll go to university just to get a job. Rav Hirsch says you train your mind to look at knowledge as something purely of utility. Once again, you think that approach won't filter into other areas of your life? Not only it not being the right way to learn, but maybe once again, to speak to people who don't necessarily see the world through these lenses, you think it doesn't filter into how you learn Tyra? The way of approaching Tyra, of being for its own sake, lishma, you wither away at your capacity to do that, when all you do is look at knowledge as something that can get you something out of it. It's only a few steps later to, what can the Tyra get for me? How am I learning now, and what can I achieve out of it? Not for the sake of the knowledge itself. That is another warning. So we really have three points. Our first point was the point of utility and education. You want your child, your student, to remain strong to the Jewish tradition. 
expose him to the outside world and other ways of looking at the world for him to appreciate his worldview and build up a resilience, but also to develop his own worldview and make it more sophisticated. And our second point, on principle, the mission of the Jewish people requires us to be in the outside world. And lastly, how we approach knowledge. Is it something that I can get out of it? Is that how I should approach secular knowledge? Knowledge, no, Rapesh says. Study and learn for the knowledge itself. And this, once again, will filter into how you look at Tyra. The world around you, you are learning more about it. You are allowing yourself to become more proficient in your mission in this world. That will filter into how you look at Tyra. And this utilitarian garb threatens to sort of encompass all your learning. That all you are is what you can get out of your learning. Once again, thank you very much for listening. If you could give it a five star or a good review on whatever podcasting platform you use... And if you're interested in other podcasts of diverse ideas and different approaches, please check out intentionaljew.com. Have a great week.